Hey there, it's me, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, that redheaded actor from Modern Family. I have a podcast. It's combining a couple of my favorite things, talking and food. Please join me as I dine with the biggest names in entertainment, people like Julie Bowen, Kristen Bell, Fred Armisen, and so many more. It's called Dinners on Me, and you're invited. Am I saying a chocolate souffle is going to get me to reveal all of my secrets? Yeah, I am. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. So recently, I was in South Carolina to spend some time with an English teacher named Mary Wood. Hannah Natanson covers education for The Post. And I wanted to talk to this teacher because last spring, she was reported to the school board for teaching about race. Reported. Reported. She was teaching Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me. It's a National Book Award winner, a Pulitzer Prize finalist, and a bestseller. It's part memoir, part history, and part letter to Coates' adolescent son. She was reported to the school board, and that led to the book being pulled from her classroom and very public outrage at a following school board meeting. There's plenty of other subject material out there. These topics are very uncomfortable and inappropriate. We should be a, a colorblind society. America is not systemically racist. I implore you to put policies in place that implement the banning of CRT and teachers, penalties for teachers. Our kids, the students, deserve better. We are watching. Wow. So across the country, states have been passing laws that restrict education on topics like race, sex, and gender. At least 18 states, including South Carolina, have passed laws restricting education specifically about race. But the twist here is that the people who reported Mary were her own students. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But Mary Wood was not fired. And she's not stepping down. She's staying. So I really wanted to know what it was like to have an episode where you get reported for the way you teach about race, Hmm. in this case by your own students. Hmm. And then you have to go back to the classroom. Like this year at the beginning of the school year, she's back in the classroom. Yes. And that's why I I found her over the summer and immediately frenetically tried to arrange it so that I could be there on the first day she went back to school. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. It's Thursday, September 14th. I'm your guest host, Rachel Siegel. Today, we spend time with a teacher who is returning to the classroom, unsure if she can trust her own students. Set the stage for me. What kind of place is Mary Wood teaching in? So it's a town called Chapin. Welcome to the town of Chapin, conveniently located in the Midlands of South Carolina. It's a big vacation spot, and that was a promotional video from their local government. <laughs> I can tell. Our quality of life in Chapin is unmatched. With nationally ranked award-winning schools, we can't wait to welcome you to our community. We'll see you soon in Chapin. It's a wealthy lake town. There's about 2,000 people. Sounds beautiful. It is. It's a, sort of a suburb of Columbia, South Carolina, and it's very white. white, very Christian, very conservative. Hmm. So in a place like this, the way you've just described it, where does someone like Mary come from, someone who wants to teach Ta-Nehisi Coates' book in the first place? So she's actually a native of Chapin. She grew up there in a conservative family. They went to church. 
But something seemed off to her, and eventually something changed. Hmm. I sat down with her and talked about it. <laughs> Although we had to get the dog settled down first. <laughs> I asked her where her belief system came from. I mean, you've been described to me as more liberal leaning. Oh, yeah. It's so when did you feel like you became that or you always were that? Mm, something never lined up for me. I asked my mom one day, I'm like, why are there no female leaders in the church? Like, why aren't women deacons? Why aren't women, like, preachers? They don't just, like, stand behind the guys and sing. That's kind of weird to me. My mother told me, Mary Rose, behind every strong man is a strong woman. I was like, that's doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it just didn't line up with my thinking. What was the jump from there to actually breaking away and becoming more liberal-leaning? A big moment was when she went to college, away from home. Hmm. That opened my eyes up to other perspectives and ideas. And I was like, oh, well, this is different, right? Like, there are different ways of thinking and being. Like, studying feminist theory will, like, change your life, I think. And you're like, okay, now I understand why they say that behind every strong man is a strong woman. And then Mary, with this sort of newfound understanding of the world, came back to Chapin, South Carolina, for her family. And then when I came back here, I was like, all of these people don't understand this, you know? She got a job teaching English at a technical college first, and then adjunct positions, and then finally, high school English teacher. How long have you been a teacher? 14 years. So now she teaches AP English Language and Composition, known as AP Lang, to students. Um, And a big part of that class is telling students and showing them and challenging them to break down arguments with texts that really engage them. So books like We Should All Be Feminists by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Which is crazy. Nobody complained about We Should All Be Feminists. <laughs> what? Nudebronk by Iranosa Nokoji. It's freaking cool. Like, mm-hmm. her stories are magical realism and beautifully written. Or anything by Nigerian writer and poet Caleb Femi. Students respond to it because they're like, oh, he's cool. He wears, like, you know, Louis Vuitton and he hangs out with rappers. London. And of course, Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Mary brought out a copy of Coates' book to show me. It has some of my notes in it. This is about him growing up in Baltimore. You is messing with my cousin was neither an earnest accusation nor a misunderstanding of the facts. That part was neither an earnest accusation nor a misunderstanding of the facts. I just love how he writes. <laughs> Mary says she leaves behind Shakespeare and Chaucer's Canterbury Tales and Robert Frost because she's trying to really engage students in current conversations that are happening outside of the town. So, Hannah, how did her students respond to all of this? Well, first, I have to say I reached out to more than a dozen parents and students to try to understand this. Um, But for the most part, those who agreed to talk to me were students who enjoyed Mary's class. I liked it. It was pretty enjoyable. I mean, English classes aren't necessarily the most entertaining, but she did a really good job of keeping things not boring. I just felt comfortable with her and learning about not just 
one perspective of what these adults want us to all learn, but giving us another perspective so that we can form our own opinions, which I really appreciated. And she liked to hold conversations in which she let everyone's opinions through if they wanted to say them. Still, some of the students say they remember that it wasn't always easy for them to read the kinds of books that Mary would ask them to read or to consider the kinds of perspectives she wanted them to discuss. There were some kids who were kind of like, uh, you know, they would say like, this is bull that we have to read this. I grew up in a conservative town with a conservative family. It was hard for me at first to hear this information and accept it because I, all I was thinking was this isn't allowed. This just isn't allowed. Um, and I don't think that's why I was angry. I think I was angry because I was scared of what I didn't know. Um, and fear makes people do crazy things. I do have to add that Mary Wood's methods work really well. So she consistently has more than 80% of her students pass the AP Lang exam. And for comparison, the national average pass rate is about 56%. Wow. So so she's got students who, even though they were uncomfortable with the material, they were being pushed into this space that was not in their comfort zone. It worked. Yeah. And she would probably argue that it actually worked because they were a little uncomfortable and that made them really interested. Hmm. What did the rest of the community think of Mary Wood? So that's an interesting question. Um, Students and teachers at the school definitely cottoned on to the fact that she was more liberal. One teacher described her as a crunchy granola type person, and you could guess the way she voted from the minute you walked into her classroom. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, besides having these books from non-white authors on her shelves, she had things like a Malcolm X poster, quotes from... RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, though she did really try to make sure when she was teaching that she was balanced. So she would assign things like speeches from Donald Trump. Hmm. And I heard this from students, too, in confirmation. She would never try and push a viewpoint on students, but she wanted them to at least consider more liberal perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, She did sometimes get complaints from parents over the years, she said, and she was always able to address these issues. But I did get the sense, talking to people in Chapin, that the town has changed a bit maybe in the past three years or so. And I talked about this at length with Mary's English department chair, Tess Pratt. There is a group in this community that thinks very differently than I do. Teachers and others feel like there's a conservative group that's getting louder and angrier. Yeah, really ready to call out anything that looks like a liberal agenda, as they put it, in the schools. You know, where if something's uncomfortable or something, we can just say that's not fact. That doesn't exist. I, gosh, I don't, I didn't expect me to get so emotional. I'm so sorry. No, don't worry. <laughs> Take your time. Like, no, I don't even know you. <laughs> this is not like me. Sorry. Um, and it's so shocking to me because I am, I'm, I think almost by a decade, I think I'm the oldest person in our department. So I've been around a long time and I just can hardly believe the way that people speak about one another online or the way that they attack teachers online. They've just become so bold 
um, there's a group that's just hell-bent on finding fault in us, like actively looking for it. When we come back, we pick up Mary's story and hear how she's thinking about a new school year. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Do not worry about that. I'm telling you, if you walk into my kitchen right now, it's so worse. So now we know that Mary Wood was a somewhat liberal person teaching students about different perspectives that made them uncomfortable in her AP Lang class and that it was working. These students were passing the exam. We also know that some conservative members in this small South Carolina community were ready to pounce on any perceived wrongdoing by people like Mary. Yes. In retrospect, it really did seem like they were heading for the collision course. And then what happened? Okay, so in February 2023, Mary was teaching Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me, to an all-white class of students. And then she got an email from a parent. Saying, my child is in your class. Um, I would like to speak to you about an assignment or something along those lines. I emailed her back. I called her on her cell phone, left her my cell phone number, asking for a return call. Mm -hmm. I never heard anything. The next day, a different parent calls the assistant principal about Mary's assignments. But I was like, I'm heightened alert. Like, what, what is happening? And won't this be terrible if this becomes an issue and these kids can't read this book? Because they were engaged with it. Next Monday, Mary is told she has this surprise meeting after school with the director of secondary instruction and Chapin's assistant principal of instruction. So they made me sit around wondering, am I in trouble? Why am I in trouble? You just have this innate anxiety. So Mary grabbed the English department chair, Tess, to come in with her because she was really scared about what might happen. And I was like, Tess, I can't believe this is happening. The two women both remember being made to wait for about 30 minutes before getting called in. And Tess pushed to be kept in the room, included in that meeting. And I got, I'm never rude, but I got a little bit assertive. And I was excused. Tess wasn't allowed in, and the door closed. And Mary was all by herself with the director of secondary instruction and the assistant principal of instruction. And then they presented all of these policies to me and they said you're you've broken academic freedom policy and you've broken um controversial text policy and i'm like what mary was stunned she didn't know what policies they were referring to but she had come a little prepared to defend herself she had pulled up on her laptop the college board's description for the ap lane course 
And in front of the director of secondary instruction, Nishanda Walters, she pointed to the class description. (laughs) This is what it says about teaching these issues. Like, this is something that they should expect in this class. Here is my assignment. They said, I didn't teach the other side. I'm like, there is not another side. The purpose of the lesson was for students to hear an argument and then explore on their own. That's the purpose of the class. At the end of my explanation, Ms. Walters told me to pause instruction. Just pause it, not to stop, which I thought was very interesting. They said to pause, give us a few days, let us look at this stuff. How'd you feel coming out of that? Furious, like how dare you? Like, you don't stop a teacher's instruction in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And, and the hardest unit, which you're trying to get students to, like, really engage, you're going to tell me that I can't teach anymore? Holy moly. What policies were they talking about? In January of 2023, South Carolina passed a proviso that says teachers cannot make students, quote, feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress, end quote, on account of their race. And there are also district-level policies, so there's a couple. One says that teachers have to get controversial texts approved by their principal. There's also language in there about teachers not forcing opinions on students and, and, you know, making sure that they're teaching everything in a fair-minded manner. And their argument is that that is what she was doing by trying to teach Between the World and Me. Yes. According to Mary Wood's recollections of that meeting and also according to notes that I obtained through a records request um, that list what happened at the meeting, I will say the district did not answer questions about the meeting, nor did they make administrators available for interviews. Uh, Superintendent Akil E. Ross Sr. declined to discuss any aspect of what happened to Mary Wood. Um, He said the district does not comment, quote, regarding a specific staff member or incident, end quote. He wrote in a statement that he wants his students to be critical thinkers, and he also noted that there will be times when students or parents disagree with issues discussed in class. He said, quote, the best way to resolve these matters is communication between the family and the teacher, end quote. (laughs) But I do have to add something really important. There was this one crushing detail that administrators revealed in that meeting with Mary. The complaints came to the school board directly from students, not parents. Later, Mary did get her hands on the emails through a records request. I couldn't find the students since their names and contact information were redacted. But Mary did share the anonymized emails with me. Um, So the first one hit at 8.51 p.m. on a Sunday, four days after Mary had assigned Between the World and Me. And the students started out by thanking the school board member for looking into this matter. Mm. The student wrote, I understand in AP Lang we are learning to develop an argument and have evidence to support it, yet this topic is too heavy to discuss. I actually felt ashamed to be Caucasian. Then at 9.35 p.m., there came an email from another student. And it read, I feel, to an extent, betrayed by Mrs. Woods. I feel like she has built up this idea of expanding our mind through the introduction of controversial topics all year, just to try to subtly indoctrinate our class. What happened after that? 
Mary was given a few days to figure out what to do next. She couldn't even mention the book moving forward. And on her very first day back, after scrambling to come up with a replacement class, she had to take away the copies of that book from her students. It was really hard to take that book up. I remember crying before going into that classroom. So five teachers in the English department, including the chair, Tess, decided they had to help Mary pick up the books. They wanted to show her support because she looked so upset that morning. Mm. And they wanted to help her pick up and remove the books as quickly as possible with the least fuss. Students took their seats and saw five English teachers gathered really weirdly at some point in the room. Then they heard Mary say these three carefully constructed sentences. We will no longer be reading this book. I will be collecting it now. Please look at the smart board so that I can direct you to today's lesson. Like, that was literally all that I could say. And students were quiet. And maybe they were like, this is real weird. But it was weird. One of the students in the class that day, Connor Bryant, did remember exactly what he was thinking. Um, I kind of expected it would happen, so I, I wasn't too surprised, but I was still disappointed. Do you remember what she looked like when she was when this was happening? Um, she, she looked like she wasn't taking care of herself as well, like in all honesty. Yeah. Like, like, I think she was really upset by it, like visibly so. Teachers walked up the five aisles between students' desks, and they picked up copies of Coates' book from the desks as they walked. Some kids were whispering to each other. Um, some kids were fidgeting with their hands. Some had their hands completely still. Some were flipping through their books, taking out sticky notes or reading some stuff that they wanted to look over. There was one kid next to me that had like five sticky notes on each page. He, he looked pretty upset too, yeah. A teacher stood and waited until that boy had pulled out every single note. Connor said it took almost half a minute. Then the teachers placed the collected copies of Coates' book on a shelf in the classroom. Set them on the shelf and walked out. They didn't say anything. I mean, that's a really weird thing to have happen in your English class, right? Yeah. And no one, but no one talked about it after. And everything just kind of kept going. Yeah. Do you remember how you felt? I was floored. I was really upset because the book is good. It teaches students to read and write well, and there was no reason for it to be pulled. It was shameful that the Black perspective was considered controversial. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. You don't learn inside your comfort zone. You should be able to confront uncomfortable ideas in the safety of a classroom, and especially in the safety of a classroom with the dynamic that I had. Like, we were a family. At least I thought that we were. And so, like, what better place to have a discussion about something that you don't know than with people who admire and respect you. And I admired and respected all of my students, and they seemed to admire and respect each other, despite differences of opinion. Like, it was the perfect setting to carry on a conversation like that. Did it feel at all like the students had broken your trust or betrayed you in any way? Yes. So Mary Wood made some of her students uncomfortable. She was reported by those students. She had to remove Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me. And then she's 
back in the classroom to face these same students, knowing that they had been involved with her situation, bringing this complaint up, and she had to teach them for the rest of the school year. Yes, and as you might be able to imagine, this was not easy to do. She said she could barely find the energy and the confidence to teach her students basic AP-laying exam prep. I just, like, kind of presented the facts. Only the facts, ma'am. Like, here are the concepts for the argument essay. Here's the way that you can do this. I was afraid to select texts that were different. So I just went with past exam questions. And that was so boring. They had to write every class. I couldn't allow class discussion. If I allowed class discussions, somebody might say something that made somebody feel uncomfortable. I couldn't have thoughtful dialogue because every single thing that I said could have been misconstrued. Like you feel your heart break a little bit each day when you, they come into your classroom and you're afraid to meet their eyes. You're going to be able to trust your students this year? I had a nice email from my dad uh, the other day, and I don't know if I can even trust the email. Like, he reached out and he said something like, we were so happy to find that our daughter was in your class this year. We go out of our way or something to teach our children different perspectives and viewpoints. And I'm like, this is a trap. <laughs> like, you just don't know, like, can you believe that? Like, is, there's like, it's not just broken trust between you and the students. It's broken trust between you and the whole entire community. Like, you feel like you've got a target on your back. Anyways, sorry. I'll wrap up in a second. Do you need a moment? No, I'm good. Okay. I cry easily. It's at my age. <laughs> God, I hope I had the same ability to make connections with my students that I did last year before all this happened. What would it mean if you can't make those connections with students? Like, then what is the purpose of teaching? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What is the purpose? Hannah, a question I have is, why did she come back? What kept her in this classroom? In part, it is a practical calculus. She has a house. She has a mortgage. She needs to keep her paying job. Yeah. But it's also just to key part of who she is. Mm. She believes that her mission in life is to educate children, and in her particular white conservative town, she feels that she provides these important, varied perspectives to kids who, without her teaching at that school, might not get them otherwise. Mm. So she's very scared. She's very anxious. But she does have one definite thing she's planning to do right at the start of the school year. What is it? Well, it involves something called worry stones. Have you ever heard of those? Worry stone? No, I haven't. So I hadn't really heard of them either. But they're these polished stones that people can rub to relieve stress. Okay. And before I left, Mary led me upstairs and showed me some shells that she had collected on the beach this summer. Um, so these are the shells? Yeah. So I'm going to, like, clean them up a little bit. But then I would give them, like, feel it. feels kind of like a worry stone. She planned to give them out to her students this year as worry stones. There are some, look at this. It's kind of neat. Oh, I love that. Like, anyway, so I thought I would just offer that to them. There, it's, maybe it's stupid, but I just wanted to. 
I try to do something thoughtful, you know, at the beginning of every year. And so I'll explain that to them. Life is stressful. Um, it's okay. Let yourself be stressed and, and look at it, sit with it for a while and find a way through it and know that you can always come and talk to me if you need anything. Like, mm. that's probably what I'll do. If you want one, you can have one. <laughs> yeah. That one's really pretty. It's got purple. Hold Whichever one. There you go. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. Hannah Natanson covers education for The Post. This episode was produced and mixed by Bishop Sand. It was edited by Maggie Penman with help from Robin Amer. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Siegel. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. <laughs>